Welcome to T-Smack, home of the T-Smack. May I take your order? Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack, where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. You may notice that I am a little more jovial in this week's episode because I am finally home and I am sleeping through the night because I'm not sleeping in a hotel bed and I'm not worrying about hotel Wi-Fi, which I'm sure now has jinxed this episode where we will just lose ourselves in the middle of everything. But joining me this week is Alex. Alex, welcome back. Well, it's good to see you, Josh. You seem happy. Last night I got pictures of you snuggling your kitten. And, you know, I, I, I think that <laughs> that's on our Discord. You, you should definitely do- join it. Oh, yeah. I think that definitely means that we're going to have an excited Josh here as we, <laughs> spoiler alert, review John Wick 4. <laughs> but before we do that, we are going to hear from our friends Karen and Anne at the Sugar Coated Murder. And if you're wondering why we're zipping through this, it's because Alex has somewhere to be in like 40 minutes. He's. He's not giving us the time to be here this week. He's <laughs> He's got other things, better things to do. So we're going to hear from Karen and Ann here in just a moment, and we'll be right back. Hey, Ann Barner. Hey, Karen Devaney. We need a promo. You know, like where we talk about what we do on our podcast. On our sugar-coated murder podcast? Like how we love to bake and talk about murder? That's what we need to talk about. There you go. I think we've talked about it. Y'all find us on all your favorite listening apps. Stay sweet. And don't murder. Because if you kill people, we will talk about you. We're using a soundboard this week uh, because we're using a new recording platform. Usually I just edit these in at post so we don't hear everything. But like, man, our theme song that Leo made just like rips. And then Karen and Ann, I just, I love hearing them and hearing them. We will talk about you. Just uh, gets me every time. Yeah, it's great. So before we get into John Wick here, um, there was some news today that really just if this was family guy, we would be getting into a grinds my gears, but because mm-hmm. it's talking smack, it's time for that's right. Scar Wars and Disney announced, well, the rock announced that Disney announced through the rock. I don't know who's in charge. Maybe the rock, maybe Disney. I don't know. No one knows anymore, but they're already making a live action Moana movie. It's he said in the announcement that it's in development or it's in the early stages. So this probably won't even be coming out until like 2026, 2027. But dear Lord, Moana as an animated feature, a Disney classic, in my opinion, is not even 10 years old. And they're already going for that nostalgia bait, which the movie doesn't have because it's not 10 years old yet. 10 years isn't even like the marker for nostalgia. I think it's probably closer to 15 like 15 years from the time something releases like that would be a nostalgia bait for me. This isn't even 10 years old. My kids don't have nostalgia for this movie because it's still in the zeitgeist. And yet they're already making a live action remake of this because they're just completely out of ideas. And the rock needs a new franchise to destroy or a new company to destroy. I don't know which one, but he clearly he's been kicked out of the fast and the furious. He's been kicked out of DC. I don't even know what, what else has he done? The Scorpion King is dead. Um, he can't go back to the WWE. He's gone too far out of there. The XFL is running right now, but I don't think anyone is watching it. I haven't even heard anyone talk mm. about the fact that they're in like week four or five of their season already. 
I didn't even know they were kicking off before I left for the West Coast. And I remember seeing a game on when I was uh, had a weekend. It's like, oh, that's back. Okay. This is boring. (laughs) I'd rather watch soccer because talking lasso has gotten me more involved with soccer slash football. And yeah, I just, I cannot understand, which Alex and I, we talked about this off screen before we recorded. I think this is either the rock needing a new franchise vehicle, something that proves that he's not a box office bomb because of Shazam or I think this is Disney trying to get Lin-Manuel Miranda an Oscar because mm-hmm. he'll make a new song for the movie. Yep. And that song will get nominated because it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. It doesn't matter uh-huh. if it's good or not. And he may or may not win. That yep. That is, those are the only two reasons why I think they're pushing this movie so quickly because Lin-Manuel Miranda was probably promised an Oscar from Disney for Moana. That didn't happen. So they were going to try and get him an Oscar for Hamilton the pandemic happened, so obviously that didn't happen, so he couldn't get nominated. And then they tried to get him another Oscar for Encanto, which they nominated the wrong damn song. <laughs> Dos Orguitas yep. is an amazing song. It's a beautiful song. But if they nominated Don't We Don't Talk About Bruno, they probably would have won. Mm-hmm. They even performed We Don't Talk About Bruno <laughs> at the Oscars, where it wasn't a nominated song. Oh. Mm-hmm. like what the hell so I, I think Disney's just trying to help Lin-Manuel get his EGOT and this is what they're doing to try and do it because they, they're they're out of ideas with what uh, the other movies that they have in production which we've got like Frozen 2 and other unnecessary movies or Frozen 3 I should say Frozen 2 is also kind of unnecessary but that's a different story for a different time we have a YouTube video about Frozen 2 you should check it out it's really um, good <laughs> but that's that's oh I, I just I uh, Moana is such a great movie and it happened so recently that it doesn't need a, a live action remake because it's it's still on TV. It's not like Disney's Robin Hood where you don't see it on TV anymore. So doing this live action remake makes no sense. Alex, your turn. I forgot what I was angry about. <laughs> All right. Star Wars over. <laughs> I will say I have a conspiracy theory. Now, this conspiracy theory is one's been floating around the internet for a while. So, Disney, to ensure that they maintain rights, have to like make something like remake, rebrand, whatever, every seventy years because of copyright laws or whatever that is. So that's why you know that's one reason why they may be making a live action version of all of these. Now, the joke I saw was was like once they run out of live action, I mean animated things to remake in live action, they're going to then remake them again animated. <laughs> So I think we're going to see Snow White, the CGI reanimated movie here, <laughs> announced that in just a few like, weeks. That sounds like the eighth circle of hell. <laughs> we made live action movies that are no longer problematic, and they also are inclusive, which is good. Yes. But there is still something to be said about the historical nature of film. Yeah. So you can't just like erase what you did in the past and just be like, that's in the vault now. If you own it, you own it, but good luck having the ability to watch it because platforms are going to change. You're not going to be able to watch it on Blu-ray or anything like that anymore. Uh, but I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I am not justifying the fact that like the red man, red song from Peter Pan is like, that's not a good song. That's not good representation. That's racist no. as shit. That, that yes. should kind of be 
stepped aside, kind of like the Song of the South. But you also can't ignore it because as we're seeing politically in our world, when you just ignore awful shit, it comes back. I, I just find it interesting how quickly The Rock has gone from Beloved to within about a three and a half month time period. Absolutely hated. <laughs> because <laughs> the whole like, like the Fast and Furious yeah. stuff. The Fast and Furious thing is like, oh, that was Vin Diesel's problem. He was just he was just like so egotistical. So he so of course The Rock left that. And then Black Adam, well, it wasn't that bad. It was actually kind of fun. You know, that's fine. But then suddenly once um, it, it came out that Henry Cavill was no longer in The Witcher, and people were like, "How dare they?" Which is not The Rock's fault. No, but he he was coming <laughs> back to be Superman. Yeah, but he was coming back to be Superman. He had he had like a three movie deal, and then the changeover. He's fired, and people are like, "What's going on here?" And then oh, all this stuff about him, The Rock trying to position, and Henry Cavill was part of that, and now Shazam, and and sabotaging all that, and now everyone's like, "Down with The Rock! How dare you remake a movie that's only six years old?" It's like, yes, yes, how dare you? Yeah, and no, like, oh yeah. God, I I love Moana. Like, I came out of that movie mm-hmm. just like my jaw was dropped, and my old my oldest was only about a year old at that time, mm-hmm. and. I remember sitting down on the couch when it released on digital. I bought it. I bought the movie three times. If you count the theater, digital, and then physical copy. I bought the movie three times because I loved it that much. And we have the the CD that we play in the car every now and then. And And I just... Your monthly payment for Moana to the Disney Plus. Exactly, to Disney Plus, (laughs) just so they they know that I'm watching Moana regularly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like I remember sitting on the couch one day when she wasn't feeling well, and we just looped the first 10 minutes of the movie because Ricky needed to get home to watch the rest of it. She, to- she even was like, no, we're, we're watching this together. So I, we, I just looped the first 10 minutes where the water like chooses Moana, baby Moana. Yeah. And I just, I can't, I can't stress enough how much I'm probably not, if this podcast is still going and we're like profitable at that point and like, I I'll, I'll go see it just to, create create content for the podcast but if i'm not doing the podcast or if i'm being brutally honest in my personal life i will not see this movie just because among other things we are going to go i am going to go see the little mermaid if for no other reason because my kids want to go see it right but that movie looks entirely cgi every shot of that trailer looks computer generated and we're not even talking about john wick yet and what the hell is happening you only have like 20 minutes left <laughs> okay i will put i will put the capper on this the final word or final thing we should say about the live action moana movie is it was in the 2 minute and 6 second announcement when the rock said who's maui they said not you dad <laughs> <laughs> his own children do not want this movie be made <laughs> and then he bribes them with ice cream which okay rock Dwayne, Dwayne, i'm looking at you through the camera that you can't see if you give me a mickey bar i will go see this movie i will take ice cream i will take a mickey ice cream bar i will go see this movie if you buy me ice cream if you buy everyone ice cream i will go see mm-hmm. this movie and exactly. maybe I'll give it a good review just because you bought me ice cream five years prior to the movie being made or released. Give a, if I'm getting free ice cream, I'll give it a good review. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Disney? We'll give good reviews. You don't even have to fly us out to L.A. for these 
for these premieres. Just, you know, let us see the movies in advance and review them. And we'll we'll give them the talking smack must see with a little caveat. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> all we need is that free Mickey bar worth purchase <laughs> of this movie. Oh, man. I don't know how we get them out here. But mm-hmm. even going from from California, even going into like Nebraska, I drive a truck for for my my job when I'm touring and at these truck stops, even into Nebraska, these truck stops have Mickey bars. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, why don't we get Mickey bars? I'll pay three dollars for a Mickey bar that costs seven dollars at Disney World. <laughs> I know I could also just buy like a three pack of delicious Dove, not a sponsor, but could be uh, Dove <laughs> chocolate ice cream bars at the store for like five bucks. And I get three ice cream bars, but there's something but about shape. a Mickey bar. My uh... Disney, not a sponsor, but very well could be. <laughs> as, long as, as long as they don't make a live action Moana. <laughs> That's the caveat. <laughs> Disney will take your hundred dollars a month. To be our sponsor, but you better not make a thirty million dollar movie. <laughs> oh, let's be fair; it's not gonna be thirty; it's gonna be one hundred and seventy million dollars. It'll make yeah, opening weekend. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Star Wars officially over. <laughs> so we are here to talk about John Wick Chapter Four. We are ditching mm-hmm. subtitles again. Yep. And uh, I I really don't think there's a whole lot we can talk about this. If you've seen a John Wick movie, you've pretty much seen this movie. Um. I, I think we will dive into spoilers here just so we can talk about something. But like Alex loves these movies because of, as he has talked about with uh, his, his partner, they love world building and world building. And um, these movies do a really interesting job of it. I, I, they do a great job of it, but I think some of the things in the universe don't make sense, but we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that here in a second, but let, let's talk about the movie, our impressions rating, and then we'll, we'll go into spoilers slash world building discussion and conclusion. Um, I think this is probably the third best John Wick movie. Um, I think number three is a little lower on the scale for me right now. I haven't watched them recently, uh, but I feel like the third one was promised to be the end of the, the John Wick story. And then I didn't hear that they were making a John Wick four or that like it wasn't verified. And then I felt like the rug was pulled out from under me when they, they gave that open-ended conclusion to that movie and teasing a fourth one. So I, I don't have a fondness for that one just because I, I felt like I was a little bit cheated out of a, a, a full story. Whereas this one, there is a conclusion that is a, a bit open-ended, but maybe not entirely. But I, I, I liked a lot more of this, like the visuals, like every shot when John Wick is on screen, every shot of this movie is uh, just like a, a picture. It's a it's beautiful. And I feel like that was also kind of missing from John Wick three, or maybe it's just because this is the first John Wick I saw in theaters since. Uh, well, I think it, no, I saw all of these in theater except for the first one. The pandemic is playing weird games with me, um, <laughs> but the. <laughs> The one thing that's not really spoiler related in this movie that really bothered me is that I'm pretty sure in the John Wick universe that these assassins are actually ghosts. (laughs) No one reacts to these people. (laughs) There's a scene in a dance club again where John is fighting a like four or 500 pound man and like stabbing him in the foot and the gut with an ax there's like a, a long panning shot where they're following the fight 
And I remember clocking someone in the background that looks to the right, sees the fight happening. John stabbing this guy with the backside of an ax and then just going back to dancing. Like this is normal. Things are, this is, this happens every night in this club. Like then why do you go to this club? <laughs> so I will say that, I mean, this is a little bit of role building, but I didn't see the first one in theaters. I saw the second, third and fourth, you know, fourth one in theaters. And what I found just so interesting about the world building is that in the first one, it's like all this stuff happens and a cop shows up and he's like, you, everything good here, John? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you, you back to working? And he's like, not really or something like that. And the cop leaves. So there's some kind of network where the police are aware of this. But then I also, um, there's an article and they basically did a count up of how many people John has killed in all four movies and somewhere around 470 something, which if you go that, by that like, clocks, yeah, if you go like <laughs> per minute, it's like the, 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 the one with the most kills, I think is the third movie with like every 57 seconds there's someone dies, but then, in, you know, that's just the average because there are, you know, people talk occasionally in these movies, but I would give credence to your idea that this, that they may be ghosts because there is that nightclub, but then there's also just, and I think it's the second movie where the, he's at some kind of like train station terminal and he kills the guy with a pencil and these people are just kind of like, huh? And they're shooting guns at each other from like one up one, you know, one's on the floor above one's on the floor down and nobody really reacts. I think that's the third one. That's him and Moe's death. Uh, oh no, that is the second one. Cause he kills his, his mistress, his lady or whatever. Not, not his yes. mistress, like his, his boss that he's loyal to. So there is, is this weird hyper stylized version of the world? I'm sorry. I think it's common. Is it? It's not most deaf. It's common. Yeah, it would be common. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know uh, my hip hop people. <laughs> so there is that, which is. It has to be an intentional choice at this point that the world is aware of something like this happening. They just don't care. <laughs> Or at least the people that frequent the areas where these things happen. But right. there, there is a sequence in Paris in that big famous roundabout that they have where John and a whole slew of people are shooting each other and traffic just keeps going. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't stop. You would think the minute a gun is fired that people would be turning off accidents would be happening and they show some collateral damage. There are some car crashes, but they're still going. That's of like a five minute sequence just in that roundabout. And like maybe suspension of disbelief, it was actually more like 90 seconds in the, the quote unquote real world of the movie. But it's not until like the very end of the, the sequence where like they show traffic has stopped, but it's so much more time has passed that there should not be that little traffic backed up in there. And they should not have been able to make like three or four turns around this roundabout. Right. And that's also something I've loved about the world building is that, this assassin's network seems to be analog. They have, you know, the boards with the contracts are written on like, um, are written on blackboards. They like do printouts of stuff. Um, at one point there, uh, during the fourth movie, they're broadcasting on radio. What is going on? Um, of course it's coded because you know, you know, where John's on the run and to, to tell the assassins where to go. And that is all things I just find so fascinating. But at the same time, it's like this can't uh, this can't be the real world, <laughs> you know. There's no like slightly to the left, you know. It's it's really through a looking glass of like, what is this world? 
and how do they operate with so many funds? Um, there's something else I want, I want to bring up, but we'll get to spoilers. I, I think the first one is probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I think again, really cool. Every single action sequence in the, in the film, I feel like is like a, a piece of art. Like you could screenshot it and put it up on, on the wall and people are like, damn, that's cool. But, uh, I, I feel like this one is also kind of short on substance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really just feels like they're taking John, uh, off screen and then having a little bit of a story and then pointing John in a direction and saying, John, do this. And then he does that thing, which then progresses the next thing. It's very much an and then kind of moment where um, the what is it? Pitch meetings. I feel like his bit is going to be and then and then and then that's that's going to be the bit that he's going to have to write out, because I think even they, they said Keanu Reeves only says like 318 words in the film. Yeah. And he he did most of the cutting out of dialogue like. John, the only motivation John has is to get his freedom back now that he's done with his main crusade of avenging his wife and puppy. And now he's, he's just trying to get out again. And uh, it's really just everyone else trying to either kill him so that he is quote unquote out for good, or they're trying to manipulate circumstances so that John succeeds. And uh, it's compelling, but none of it is really focused on John. John is just the weapon that they use to coordinate this event. I agree. Like, I think this movie, um, he's lost his agency. Um, and I think that's the best way of putting it. Um, I, that is a great way of putting it. Yeah. It, it's gone. It's gone from an escalating and motivation of the, the dog the puppy i have to do this you know i have to make it right with the table to the betrayal at the end of the third one he's now done his motivation should be to basically kill the entire high table but that seems to be an impossible task with how injured he was because this movie apparently the first three movies happened within about 10 days which makes sense i was gonna make a joke about how john wick's wild and crazy month is like should be the name (laughs) of this quadrilogy And then this one happens about six months later because apparently he's recovering from all the shit that happened at the end of the third one to him. But even so, I feel like this one for me is probably my second favorite after the first one. But that's only because of some emotional resonance from the movie, which I'll explain in spoilers, and the emotional ending of the film. So I I can see... well, I can see in time this basically going to my third favorite. Yeah, I, I think for me, it goes one, two, four, three, because, again, I feel like three kind of cheated me a little bit. I, I have to go back and watch them again, but yeah. I, I feel like that is a fair ranking. Yeah, with me, it's probably one. Right now, it's one, four, three, two, but they'll probably change with to one, three, four, two. Yeah, so this is still a must-see. I think, as I yes. said before, the cinematography alone in this film is just absolutely gorgeous. And uh, if if you didn't listen to the episode, which numbers say you didn't, uh, the Gary H. Lee interview that I had uh, was so it was so interesting to talk to someone in the industry, and uh, he made a really great point about how Michael Bay has these amazing shots, but because he compounds them back to back to back to back to back you kind of lose sight of like, Oh, that was an amazing shot. That was an amazing shot because they don't stand out as much as they should. 
Whereas I feel like this movie, it does a lot of the things that the John Wick movies do with great cinematography, long shots, and they do amazing shots within each fight sequence, but they do space them out enough between the action that you really just are like, Ooh, that's pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is definitely a must see for me, regardless of like lack of agency for John and uh, really kind of minimal storytelling. Like, I don't know how much world building they really added to this beyond the the marquee Pennywise de Gramont or whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's uh, did you give your ranking? I don't think you did. Oh, yeah. It's a must see. OK, uh, yeah. let's get into spoilers here. Uh, Alex, I'm going to let you drive this vehicle much like John did through the roundabout. <laughs> And uh, kind of lead the the world building because I I like I said I don't know how much world building they added to this like this felt very minimal other than the fact that uh, I, along with with my my ghost theory they blew up an entire building in New York and no one seemed to care. Okay, so that sequence is part of the reason why I'm I, I'm emotional about this movie and why it's a four instead of like you know why it's in second place instead of like third or fourth. Um, I still think it's a great movie. I enjoyed the action, but, and I enjoyed where they finally resolved the storyline, but Lance Reddick passed away recently. Um, he had over the last like three or four years, as I discovered destiny and started watching other stuff and realizing his voice and finding him everywhere. He passed away right before the premiere of the movie and playing destiny. There was a weekly mission that started after this one. Uh, that started after he passed in which somebody in the game died and he's giving like a eulogy and it was all the emotional feels. And then th those past weeks one, he was basically talking about how you deal with grief and pain and stuff like that. And this is a man who is now dead. His character in destiny is dealing with death and eulogies and stuff like that. And then he got killed <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a bad week for me. I was like, I was all in, it was a ball of emotions, but the world building this one, other than the, you're right, it's very minimal. Other than apparently the high table announced that there's a marquee being set up to kill Jean Wick, the marquee being Pennywise. Uh, he's one of the scars guards. And, uh, and he's also putting on a German playing a Frenchman. That's the way I yeah. do it. He, 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 it sounds German to me, the accent he puts on or like what a German would impersonate a French person to be. Yes, it was a very odd accent. Um, and other than that, and that, you know, you can decommission or deconsecrate or whatever um, the Continentals, which we already knew that could be a thing because I was threatened to win in the third one. Um, they, yeah, they blew up the Continental. But I thought when it blew up that it, like, the entire building came down. But then they showed it later. It's just they blew out the interior. And yeah, it was no more like really an implosion. Yeah, but it's still standing. Uh, yeah, no a, a controlled implosion. Um, the only really thing that I think that they added in terms of lore is that there is a class of people known as the Trackers, which are, they're not the Assassin's Guild, but they're like bounty hunters who are made aware of the contracts and can negotiate to get them. Yeah, and they can um, even negotiate the rate of the bounty as well. Which Yeah, and they're... And they have a 401k program? Because <laughs> he said that. He said, like, 30 million up front, 30 million in my 401k. And I was like, they have 401ks? 
I mean, they're dead. It's fine. They can do whatever the hell they want. (laughs) But yeah, but there's really no, the only bit of world building that they really did is that tracker portion and that the high table has some additional rules in which if you're a member of the high table, tables, founding families, your family can petition a duel, which becomes important for the end of this film. And when they say family, they mean like your your assassin's guild family not yeah. like not like john wick needs to go find his dad which i i assumed that's what they were talking about in the trailer which maybe that's a, a little bit of a mislead because like uh, your family sits at the high table and it's yeah like, john's dad yeah. is still in this john has a dad um, yeah well he had been adopted by that um by the russian family that, that was a point um, that angelica houston was the head of in the third one um, that apparently now um, Nymphadora Tonks is a, is the head of. That's who that was. I knew she looked familiar. <laughs> but are, aren't they like Romani Russian? Like they, yes. Yeah, they're yeah. Um, the. I'm not gonna say it because it's a bad word, uh, or at least it's a. It's not necessarily derogatory, but it's not the term they want to be called anymore. They're right. Romani. If you don't know what Romani the, the is, Romani. Yeah, yeah, look it up because I'm not going to say the word. Because There's also a turn of phrase that I don't like because it's also insensitive to those people. Yeah, I have to. That's actually one that I, when I found out about, I've had to um, adjust my language because it was very much slang on the West Coast. <laughs> on the West Coast, it very much was uh, where I grew up, but I like the layers that they've added, but there wasn't a whole lot more to it. It really did seem that this movie was Winston and um, it was just Winston kind of explained to him the rules. And hey, this is what you have him, to do now. Yeah, like, hey, this is your next mission. Go do it. It, it was, it was yeah. almost like a first person shooter, which they then did a like a third person shooter sequence, which was amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, but the track and when you when we were talking before I got a chance to go see the movie, uh, you had mentioned that there was a post credit scene and I jokingly kind of went, Oh, the John wick universe begins because we do know that there's a sequel coming out called ballerina or not a prequel spinoff coming out called ballerina starring Ana de Armas. Mm -hmm. And I assumed that it was just like a lead into that, um, which you then informed me that uh, ballerina takes place between John wicks three and four during that like six month recovery period. Yep. So as I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, OK, it's going to be this tracker guy and his dog. Like they're going to spin off a movie for him because he was really engaging and charismatic and he actually had a personality. So mm-hmm. obviously you're going to do something with this guy. Nope. It was just a a kind of a tease to the end of the movie, which if they kill Donnie Yen, ooh, they got some. Uh, <laughs> he's died too many times in movies that I've enjoyed him in. And he also loves playing a blind man. Donnie Yen was I will so that is what I think is going to lower eventually once I'm over, you know, the passing of Lance Reddick that's going to lower this for me is that the most interesting people in this movie are no longer John. Donnie Yen was fantastic in what they did in what they did with him um, and the way he portrayed the character and his, and the amount of time they gave to develop how he relates to everyone else, even though he's a brand new character. Uh, the tracker was very interesting and that he really just he's like he just wants to retire and buy that forty eight million dollar house. Yeah, That's all that he really Scorpion wants to do. from the new Mortal Kombat's in here too, and he's he's really interesting. Yeah, uh, um, he, he has a different ha, he has a different kind of code compared to every other. He, he's more in line with like Winston, where he's loyal yes. to his people and not necessarily just the Continental on the table. 
Yes. Uh, apparently his daughter is his uh, valet, who they keep it very work professional. Because <laughs> I was like, wait a second. She's his daughter. If, I thought that was really yeah. sweet. I like that yeah, a lot. It was. I did. Um, um, but Scorpion for everyone, is, uh, Hiroyuki Sanda is, mm-hmm. is who I'm referring to. Um, he played Scorpion in the new Mortal, newest Mortal Kombat movie. And yep. uh, you, you would recognize him the minute you see him. He's, he's just he's a very fairly common uh, Asian actor. So um, just everyone does a great performance. And I think you kind of nailed the hit the nail on the head with the fact that John's not interesting in this movie. He, like he, no. he is he's the gun to be pointed. Everyone else is just doing their thing. And I think that may be why this movie is almost three hours long is because they want to give all these people time to shine. And maybe that's why Keanu Reeves took so much of his own dialogue out of the movie is because he's like, these characters are amazing. Like I don't, everyone knows John, let's get these people out there. And that's just yeah. me speculating like that. I, I don't know if that happened for sure, but uh, that, that could be a, a very plausible reason why Keanu Reeves like limited his role. Yeah. They cut down originally were supposed to film four and five back to back. But the pandemic happened and then he had to go and film. Apparently they made a fourth, matrix movie uh, i didn't hear anything about that but <laughs> you're gonna make me the... get a soundbite again aren't you <laughs> yes you have a soundboard now that's true but... i can oh man alex's come up and so that's what i'll title it <laughs> but they this is a basically a three-hour movie and i think what they turn to pivot is that keanu is 58 i think he's gonna be 59 this year and i think they realize that they can't do these movies forever just as how brutal they are. And even though he's in fantastic shape, he does most of his own stunts, all this crap. But I think they realized that if they're making four and five, it was to flesh out these other people and end John's story. And then they realized, hey, if we just put a lot of fucking cool action together, we can just end John's story, which is basically what we got. There's like, as you've said, there's, John is kind of pointed in directions. He comes back for, you know, Winston gives him his next assignment, his next mission. Yeah, his next, and then we get the ending. And I will say though, that last like ten minutes of the ending where they end the franchise yeah. is damn good. Mm-hmm. I did not expect the. Um, you should watch the movie. I don't want to spoil it, but the brief sub- subversion at the end. I did not expect that um, with Pennywise um, being an <laughs> asshole and getting his comeuppance. Yeah, the. Yeah. Uh... I will say probably I know I, I ragged on the the roundabout sequence, which I was damn cool and oh awesome. yeah. Uh that I think the club fight is probably my favorite sequence as far as the action beats go in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um but I was starting to feel the length of the movie in yes. the the run up to the steps. Yeah. Because John falls down those steps twice when they're like, You've got sleep. six minutes to go. You yeah, got to go up three hundred, yeah. and you got yeah. three hundred and twenty-eight steps to go. Yeah, and like he, I can't. I, I, John Wick, Keanu Reeves is in amazing shape, but he's fighting like thirty-five people each time. Up, each time to get up those <laughs> steps, like he kills a hundred people just in that sequence. So yeah. what the movie is trying to tell us is that in six minutes he killed ninety-nine people, one hundred and fifteen yeah. people. Like, come on! I know we're I, we're suspending disbelief here, but you got to give me something to to yeah. hold on to reality in this moment. Yeah, I will say my suspension of disbelief was heavily char- uh, charged when Winston and the Bowery King 
um, take him by boat, you know, basically as far as we can go. And he says, like, how close can you get me? And they're like, well, you're here. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But then it turns out that he has to, like, go past several streets, the Arc de Triumph, where, the, you know, where that sequence happens. You have that amazing, he, he makes a shortcut through a house, which is where we get the top-down video game scene, which was yes. badass. Where they introduce flaming guns. Incendiary <laughs> Shotgun- rounds, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets this other portion, and then the steps. And it's just like, I was like, you couldn't have gotten me a little closer? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, like a block from it just get him to the fucking steps if he's at the steps that 10 10 15 minutes of fighting is all we needed i mean the other shit was cool <laughs> i mean couldn't winston just like obi-wan kenobi him into a trench coat and just like <laughs> winston was there waiting exactly like how, oh how could God, winston just right. get, how could winston he get dropped there him off. how do we th- he dropped him off he's like this is the closest we can get you did winston just walk while yeah he fighting? They, the Bowery King just like floated him like 20 steps closer. Like John's such a fucking idiot. We're going to be so rich when we get our take of the bounty. I bet when, when, when Winston saw John show up, he's like, fuck. He's like, God damn it. There goes, there goes my bet. I was stacking we the deck. 50 million on him. We've been working with the tracker this whole time. That's what the 401k was. It was a joint account. We're sharing it together. <laughs> Donnie Yen was like, I, I bet on you, John. So we're going to we're going to get this going because then I'll make more money. Exactly. Let my, let my violin, <laughs> violin playing street performing daughter make more money that she'll ever need so she can continue to play violin on the streets and not have to worry about money so she can just play for the love of the music and not exactly for the pennies exactly. she's getting thrown. Exactly. That's right. I can lift up the violin case. I can take it away. You don't need this anymore, honey. You're 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 paid now. <laughs> don't need to work on donations. Just play the Simpsons <laughs> theme. Everyone loves that. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a good movie. It's a it's fun just, movie, but the universe has gotten so ridiculous. It. This but it's be, still it's so cool though. I still, when they go to a continental and you see um, him and his daughter and you see how the Japanese continental is different than New York. You're talking about Scorpion right now. Yes. Yes. Okay. You see the difference between those two continentals, how they run the loyalty of the people and stuff like that. That's all cool world building. And I do like the idea that there was the duel. And I like the, I, like I said, uh, I mentioned they have their own radio stations where they (laughs) covertly announce where assassination targets are. You know, I love all that. Anytime they show like the interior workings of moving the bounties and the board and all that stuff, I love all that. But we're gonna see. I think I think four reach the end of what they could do with John and what they could do with this plot. I am curious: is if ballerina will 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 expand the world or play within its boundaries? Yeah, and they're still doing the Continental TV show as well, aren't they? Yeah, that's supposed to be later on this year on Peacock and uh, on Peacock, and it's three episodes that are set during the '70s with a young Winston. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he Ian McShane coming back for that, or are they recasting as a young Ian McShane? I believe he's providing narration. Hmm. He's mentioned to be involved with it, but I think they're recasting him with somebody younger. Okay, so he's probably got a producer credit so he can like mm. coach the guy to be like, this is what I was doing with Winston at the time. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, let's wrap it up there because we're past your deadline of having to get out of here by 5 o'clock. 
Uh, and by the yeah, way, everyone, sorry. this is 5, a, 5 a.m. Alex woke me up. Mm -hmm. I just got back from driving the truck and he's making me record already. Damn right uh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to start getting our get at, getting out of here because uh, unlike John Wick, the plot is very basic, but it's a very long movie. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to make this short and sweet because I think we actually only talked about the movie for maybe 20 minutes. We had our big Star Wars rant for about a 10 to 15 of this. So if you stuck through all that, thank you for still being here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh underscore scar, and you can follow the podcast at talking smack pod. Uh, Alex, please let everyone know about our discord. You can join our discord and see pictures of Josh's cats at talking smack pod at gmail.com. No, wait, it's a T smack pod at gmail. That is our discord. You can also email us at T smack pod at gmail.com. Uh, let us know your thoughts on John Wick or any of our previous episodes. Suggest things to us. Um, one thing that I know uh, Matt has just recently suggested in our Discord is that we start doing like classic comic reviews, which I think is something I'd really like to do uh, for quote unquote filler episodes when we don't have more timely things like John Wick and uh, doing a, a an advanced review of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so that, that's something that I think we're going to branch into because we do need to talk more comics. We do. Uh, Thank you to Leo Allen for our musical themes. Thank you to Beppo for all of our original avatars. Thank you to Retro Ale Studios for our Ricky avatar. Please like, subscribe, rate, review, and you don't even have to review on platform if you don't want to. We got this review from Stevie Mac IC on Twitter. Uh, he said, just learned about this pod. Heard the host on I Have Some Notes. Started with this episode, which is our She-Hulk episode, and we'll be back for more. So thank you, Stevie Mac IC. Awesome. Thank you, Stevie Mac. And that is kind of it. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. And oh, Alex, I, who's doing our theme music for us? I don't know. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, uh, thanks everyone for up. <laughs> the blind assassin's violin playing daughter. <laughs> there you go. Great. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Watch Star Trek. Uh, play D&D. <laughs> don't go see the movie <laughs> what we gave it a good review last week I know it was good but now we're going to go see Super Mario Brothers so that's more important <laughs> that's fair <laughs> what's great about this is I can just edit all this out and leave the music well, you can, or you can leave it in until the music swells right up in a few seconds into the point where we're just being annoyingly muffled and everyone's oh, like yeah, what the fuck are they saying now we're being drawn out right here <laughs> it does slap, I'm telling you. It's a great thing, man. Yeah. I don't know that it necessarily fits what we do, but it, it's so good. <laughs> it's like the last three seasons of Game of Thrones. The music was fire, the content was <laughs> And if only we could get the viewership of the last three seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah. I would say the No, I can't even hear you now. <laughs> it's drowning us out that much more. I think I'm gonna just leave all this in. <laughs> this is a one-off, by the way. We're just. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. This is the real goodbye this time. Yeah. Who loves T Smack? I love to snack. Is it true? Mm-hmm. I do, I do, ooh. <laughs>